Hey, hey, welcome to another episode, the first episode of the year for the Maximum Project. Congratulations on making it through another circle around that flaming ball on this blue dot. And thank you for being here. Listen, we've all got resolutions, ideas, goals, and we all thought about getting fit, haven't we? And I've slipped a bunch of times. I'm sure you have too. If you haven't, fantastic. But this conversation is with a very special person who might just give you the knowledge you need to get a bit more consistent without going after sweeping, overwhelming transformation. I heard a Dan, or coach as I've been calling him, through Dinesh, my trainer, who I've mentioned a few times now. Dan John is a weightlifting and strength coach. He's also an all-American discus thrower, academic and author. If that's not enough, Dan holds the American record for the weight pentathlon, which combines five events, a hammer throw, shot putt, discus throw and javelin throw, and the weight throw. You can read all about Dan John on his website or use the links at the end of the episode or in the show description. So that's not important right now. What's important is the stunning insights and the specific and simple frameworks Dan has to get things done and get ahead without burning out. I feel it's an appropriate episode to start the year with and I think you'll find it quite useful. Let's get started. Enjoy this episode with Dan John. One life, different roads, different roads. One finale. What's this malarkey about anyway? Well, here's the deal. No one has the game figured out, and everyone's slicing the pie their own way. Welcome to the Maximum Project, where we find out how you can hack it the way you were meant to. Step into the unknown with confidence as we speak to all sorts to get the inside scoop on what makes them tick. Chats, chats. Insights only on TMP. All so you can make the most of you. Let's get maximum. Hello, hello, Coach Dan John. Welcome to the Maximum Project. Thank you for being here. Well, anytime I can be part of anything that's max, I'm all in. (laughs) No, I I think that's great. And like I was saying to you just briefly before we spoke, I I wasn't expecting you to be so open and receptive. to my request, uh, just a bit of context for the audience. I reached out to uh, Dan on Instagram, and he was very, very responsive and instantly agreed to a conversation. So I think it's a leaf uh, many people can take out of that book in the decency and yeah. humility. Well, I got to tell you, you know, uh, if you believe in all this stuff and you you think that we're in uh, doing, like for me, I think what I do with my career, you know, makes, you know, changes lives, makes people, you know, better i mean why would you not want to share you know this this wonderful world of fitness and strength and longevity and i'm yeah so yeah i'm happy to do it let me just say that yeah yeah that's that's really kind in fact the point you just made is where i'd like to start if that's okay um this is going to be a conversation and not really an interview and i think that just gives people a bit more insight into how you think and what you do I'm as keen on the story, uh, your story, as I am on, on the story of what you do. So you just said fitness, strength, and longevity. Would you just mind drawing a distinction between those things for lay people? Because they're often confused. Well, let's, let me make it a little more formal. Okay, I, I break things out, really. Uh, basically, I have maybe, there's four things I focus on, but then there's this fifth that floats over it, okay? Mm-hmm. And the first is health, uh, Dale Carnegie reminded us years ago that health has to be number one. And health is, I use Maffetone's definition, the optimal interplay of the human organs. So your liver is doing its job. The pancreas is doing its job. Your, you know, your blood is pumping. Uh, the electrolytes are where they should be. That's health. And you just determine your health by seeing a dentist, by seeing an eye doctor, by seeing a medical doctor. This is by blood tests. This is by measurements. You measure your health and you look for trends in your health. Uh, ideally, uh, ideally, probably you want to trend flat. You know, you, you just want to kind of stay healthy. You know, you don't want to, I don't, if you dip down, you want to get back to health. And it's, you know, it's it, health is probably the most boring of the things I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, but if you don't have it, it becomes the most important. Tied right into health is longevity. Now, longevity is two things. It's uh, there's a number, uh, there's a quantitative number, and there's a qualitative number. Uh, we can't really 
we we know that DNA has a big impact on how long you live. You know, about my coach thought 50%, and I always thought that's pretty good. Right. Um, probably 10% is luck. I mean, if you, you know, everybody who's ever been in war will tell you, um, you know, you, you, one person went left and I went right, he died and I lived. And that's mm-hmm. just luck. And, you know, if you'd have waited five more minutes to leave the house, you would have missed that traffic accident, you know. And then 40% is stuff you can do, like floss your teeth, see your doctor every year, um, you know, don't be a complete idiot, you know, that helps. <laughs> Wear a seatbelt, don't smoke. And now, But on the qualitative issue, now that's where you start. Now, now you're going to start coming over into my world. Health, that's doctors, that's appropriate. You know, don't, again, try not to be too stupid and you'll be okay. Longevity, there's not a lot you can do about it, but for what you can do about it, now you move over into my world. Then there's a thing, a word called fitness, which is mm-hmm. the ability to do a task. And that just depends. You know, sometimes uh, fitness, uh, fit, fitness can be helping someone move a chair. Uh, fitness can be uh, running a marathon. But then there's the, the word that I live in, and that's performance, okay? And then performance is when someone calls your name and you're asked to do something. So that's, right. that's, that's where I live, uh, between working with the military, uh, sports, that's performance. Um, you know, you can go off today, you could go off to a track and time yourself in a, a 5k and break mm-hmm. your lifetime best. And you would have just broken your lifetime best. But in my world, there has to be an official, there has to be other people. There has to be a timer. There has to be a gun. It has to be Saturday at nine o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Right. Sitting on top of all that is kind of looking good, okay? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I, I say this. Uh, it, it's a funny way to say it, but so health and longevity are feeling good. Uh, performance and fitness is moving good. But the thing that kind of ties them all together in the middle is uh, looking good. And uh, there's nothing lo- wrong with looking good, Um now there is a phrase uh, vanity and but you know when you hit my age you know trying to look good is if you want to look good I, I, uh, as a weightlifter on January first I turned sixty five years old because uh, you you turn sixty five the in the year calendar year okay right so no matter what day of the uh, year you're born on January first to December thirty first doesn't matter what day I'm sixty five in a couple in about a week as an athlete. Well, at 65, you know, I want to move well, you know, uh, uh, an old friend of mine just told me how good I look. And it's like, yeah, I'm taking that compliment, man, because at looking good sometimes helps you move good and sometimes helps you feel good. Mm -hmm. So they all kind of dance together a little bit, if you don't mind. You asked about strength. Uh, The magazines up here above my head, Mm -hmm. those are called strength and health magazines from 1945 to 1985. So my coach, Dick Notmeyer, really emphasized strength, you know, which is basically, you know, picking stuff up off the ground, putting it over your head, you know, carrying it. And health, which is, you know, um, you know, making sure everything's working well for as long as you reasonably can. So mm-hmm. um, even though it might sound like, you know, to, to somebody who might say to me, like at a party, and this happens a lot if you're in the fitness industry, people come up to you and they'll say things but they don't have the reference of the five things I just said. Right. Yes. Frankly, if you want to look good and you grab a part of your butt or your belly, a plastic surgeon is probably going to do a better job than I can. You know, (laughs) I can probably get the weight off of you, you know, reasonably within a year, say like, uh, do you want, do you want uh, pounds or kilos? Uh, You can do either. I think uh, if you listen to this podcast, please do your math. Too lazy to do math then uh yeah. somewhere else so you know this year i've lost 16 kilos because i'm uh, i want to lift in the 96 kilo class now 16 kilos in the calendar year yeah right okay that's you know that's not bad right i, I mean think that's it's great yeah yeah and uh you know by the time i step on the platform i'll, I'll, I'll my goal is to kind of just flatten out at that number Pro- mm-hmm. maybe be a few pounds over but you know that it's easy to lose weight right before me because you know I, I think I could probably get, on average, I would say for most people, I could probably get 
honestly, eight kilos off a year for most people. Okay. Right? I mean, that's, that's not unreasonable, you know, and you might not even notice it at times, but then of course you'd have, and, and, and when you do lose, um, weight, you tend to lose it in these weird, almost like roller coaster way. It kind of goes zing and yeah. zing. And, you know, there's those flat spots where it's going back up and then flies back off. Ooh. But you can lose now in the United States, they have a lot of plastic surgeons to, I mean, they can take as much as they want in some states now. Uh, back in the day, they were only allowed to take five liters of fat out of a person. Right, and now the regulation says as much as you can without being dangerous about it. Yeah, but I want you to go, next time you get a chance, pick up five liters of something. Stand there at the checkout line with five liters of drinks. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. That's a, a bit, lot. It's a fair bit. It's a fair bit. And I can't do that. I mean, you can lose that in a couple hours with a plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. So if you're just interested in looking good, honestly, plastic surgeons probably better than 90% of what I can do faster. <laughs> Having said that, yeah, you know, I'm not sure that the you would learn the habits. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you would learn the discipline. Uh, you, I mean, I do know, I do know one person who did plastic surgery, who actually lost more weight after the plastic surgery. The plastic surgery gave some momentum. By the way, I'm not, I'm not saying bad or good anything. Uh, I get that. There's no value judgments here. It's just yeah. I, 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 hope, I hope the listeners know that too. I, yeah. I don't. Uh, Adarsha, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just saying that realistically, mm -hmm. um, most people aren't interested in my, in my style because yeah. what I'm trying to get you to do, it's the same way I'd work with an athlete. I mean, I would mm -hmm. sit down with you and I would say, okay, okay, this is the plan. And eight years from now, you're going to be pretty good. What, what yeah. eight years, <laughs> you know, I thought you'd be in eight, you know, eight minutes. No, no, yeah. you know, so if you're following my kind of where I'm headed, you know, it, it is a process, you know, yeah. it is, and, it, and, and it's not a very fast process. No, I think, you know, it's such valuable things you talk about because firstly, I couldn't believe you said you were 65. I've done my research and the numbers. That's what they told me as well. But yeah. when I watch you on the podcast posture, I watch your video on kimchi on Instagram and you dropped a few life lessons there. That's what got me interested in talking oh. to you. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't see that age because you've, you've taken care of yourself. And, you know, this is going to be the first episode of the year. Um, and a lot of people standard, right, across countries will say, I want to get fit this year. And you've just talked about aesthetics, about an old school mindset or a traditional mindset. Could we give people a, a bit of context? Let's say I've had a sedentary life. So you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not ill or I'm not carrying some sort of comorbidity, but mm -hmm. I have a few concerns and I want to get fit next year. In your experience, both as a professional and as a trainer, why do those resolutions f often fall flat? Because there's too many. Right. They, 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 uh, uh, shot, they use a shotgun. <laughs> and really, I use a system called two numbers. It's called the two numbers. And, it's, and I, I'm, this isn't me. Uh, this isn't, I didn't fake this. this, mm -hmm. this you're on my desk, and I, and I work on this every day. So there's the, it's called the two-number goal-setting charge. Okay. And it's how I address goals. So what I have on this side, so my two goals uh, for the upcoming year is to get my body weight to 96 kilos, which is 211 pounds. Mm -hmm. And my other goal is to double my business at danjohnuniversity.com. Okay. I want to double the number of people who subscribe to my website. Right. Now that, by, by the way, neither number is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, is it possible for me to, yeah, I mean, it's certainly to get the 96 kilos. Yeah. I mean, is that, I mean, if it takes me the entire year, I, I wouldn't say I'd be disappointed if it took the entire year, but mm -hmm. it wouldn't, I, at the end of, if December at this time next year, whatever day, uh, December 21st of 2022, I say, yeah, I finally got to 211. You know, I, I, I wouldn't expect you to throw your pen down and leap up out of your chair and <laughs> leave the room in disgust. It's, yeah. it's a good goal. And if it takes me, if it takes me even longer than a year to double the number of subscribers, even then that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, but what's good about the, what I use is the two goal system. So um, now you can also do it. Uh, there's another way to do a goal like this. Sorry. 
That's all I, right. I reached in and stuff just started falling. <laughs> but you could like um, do a waistline measurement and okay. just say, okay, um, my waistline today is, I'm just pulling it up, mm-hmm. 113 uh, centimeters. Right. Well, my goal for the year is to get under 100. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, but I tell you one thing. If you drop this much off your waistline in a year, yeah, you would see it in your blood profiles. You would see it in your cholesterol. You would see it in your blood pressure. I can almost guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would yeah. be. And by the way, would you live longer by having your waistline that much smaller? Almost certainly. Almost yeah. certainly. Walking up a flight of stairs might be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, playing with your grandchildren or playing with your kids or playing with your whatever, you're going to do better at. Yeah. So, but what I like and what I like, for example, you have a podcast. It'd be kind of interesting if you said, uh, by this time next year, I'm going to have 50 podcasts. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't say, I didn't say 52. I didn't say 152. I just said 50. So, okay. you, you know, um, what, what, what I try to do is find two really important core things in my life. Right. Now, what I like is now, okay, let's. If you don't mind, let's use my 96 kilo thing, okay? Yes, please, yeah. Okay. If I'm weighing, I'll go back to pounds. When I was weighing 251 last year, mm-hmm. and, and now my goals get 211, how much healthier will I be? Now, I've lost some lean body mass too, but right. how much healthier will I be at 211 than 251? Well, generally the research trends to say that I will be healthier. Uh, my cholesterol levels, my blood pressure will be down as I lighten up. There's no question about that. That's true. Will being lighter allow me to hang and play with my grandchildren longer? Longevity. I'm thinking yes, because of blood pressure, uh, just basic cardiovascular. Will that being 211 allow me to run up and down stairs and shovel snow better? Yeah. And here's the final thing on performance. Mm-hmm. I'll probably win more contests at 96 kilos than I will at 109 right. because I'll be the I'll be the tallest guy in the class, but I won't be competing against really really big guys. Mm-hmm. And then finally, remember I said sitting on top of it is looking good yeah. body comp. I'll probably look better at 211 than I do at 251. True. True. Though, I mean, That'll have a knock-on effect on motivation and things like that, right? But you yeah. know, Coach, you've done this for a while. I mean, you're, you're a professional discus thrower. You've been in the Olympics, haven't you? No, no, I have not, no. No. But thanks for reminding me about my failures, so I really appreciate it. Not <laughs> uh, my intention. I, I have a whole bunch of them. You can just, we can just go through the list. Let me give you a list of my failures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can just pound them on me the rest of this right. <laughs> Well, you do Olympic lifts. Is that yes, a more yes, accurate yes. thing? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, are you, you know, one of the things I've seen, and, and this is, I'm not a fitness nut. I've been down the obese to fit uh, treadmill a few times now. This is my fourth time going from um, morbidly overweight to fit again. You know, my back's taken a hit in the process. But I've done that. But one of the um, pushbacks I get from people when I say it's important to get fit, you'll, be, you'll feel better. And you'll do other things. I mean, there's the physical benefit. There's also just the the world's a lot more insufferable when you're in pain all the time, uh, physical pain all the time. That's an outstanding point. Yes, you know, and it's it's, it's a tough business. I think being being a person, just being a person. Yeah. Um. So with someone like you who's been in this industry for so long and has acquired so much knowledge, do you ever get that when you say, "Hey, get fit," and people say, "Well, you've done it all your life. It's easy for you to say." What do you say to people like that? Well, for one thing, I, I kind of think it's, could you imagine? Okay. So I, I like to read books a lot. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a fair, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm well known for reading a lot. And I do last night, uh, generally on Monday nights, we play trivia. My daughters and I, we meet up at a, a bar over here called old house and we play trivia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those bar trivia games, you know, and it's, yeah. it's our Monday night tradition. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, I don't, I just drink diet drinks, so it's I don't get drunk or anything. And but the nice thing is, uh, there's eight of us. Well, because of the Christmas season, and you know, so my daughter had her kids last night, and so we went over and uh, played cards. But well, 
I wanted to make sure I gave a thank you gift to the guy who runs trivia. Mm -hmm. So I went by and I was sitting there and I reached in my pocket and I took out a book and I was reading a book in a bar. And, uh, and the guy who runs it, James, nice guy, and he came over and we just started talking about reading. And he's, he's very well read and I'm very, very well read. But could you imagine a person saying to you, mm-hmm. well, yeah, of course you're a good reader. You've been reading all your life. You don't know what it's like <laughs> to be me. True. Yeah. I feel the same exact way about those two things. Which, yeah. So you you're, you're, okay. So, oh, I'm a big reader. Oh, how lucky I am. I'm so, I'm going to, let me, oh, it's right behind me. I'm going to grab that and put it on silent real quick. Oh, no worries at all. It's fine. Oh, and it is my children. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to get that? No. no. Okay. God, my kids during the day, it's probably them making fun of each other or, uh, you know, or pictures of the babies or something. No, it's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> So when I hear someone saying you've been fit your whole life, yeah. Uh, here's another one. It's like, uh, do you have do you have good teeth? Do you have good teeth? I, I'd say so. Yeah, I've I've had a few pulled out, but the ones I have left have been reasonable to me so far. Okay. All right. So I mean, my dental health is pretty good. If someone's a sitting to me and says, "Well, you're, yeah, you're lucky you've had those teeth since you were little." <laughs> Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, so when I look at fitness the same way, yeah, um, we've all had these opportunities. I, I would never say that to a client, what I just said to you, because mm-hmm. it comes Obviously. off as kind of being a jerk. True. But it is true. It's true. Yeah. I, 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 I go to bed early a lot. I... I eat vegetables. Like my my brunch today was a big thing of chunky vegetable soup with some kimchi, and then after that, I had the, my uh, oatmeal with with a lot of extra seeds. Well, that's. I mean, it's not like I'm some crazed person or anything. It's just I try to have vegetables at every meal, mm-hmm. and I'll tell that to somebody, and they'll look at me like, honestly, like I'm crazy. And so I'll be sitting across from this very <laughs> obese person who's got bad teeth and they, they feel lousy all the time and they think I'm the crazy one. Yeah, yeah. But that's the price, right? That's the price of standing out in a world that forces you to fit in. That's just how it is. And hmm. um, at this point in time, being someone who has a sense of well-being and is not afraid to talk about it, it's weird. It just makes you like a popular outcast in a very strange way, right? The person that goes yeah. to bed on time. A killjoy, party pooper, uh, yeah. whether it's someone who knocks back 15 pints in an hour is a machine, which is terrifying because what machine is that, right? Yeah. So it, when, you, when you ask about this person saying to you, you know, you know, it is hard. But when, when you read any success books, when you read any good, like I'm a big fan of Earl Nightingale. By the way, I'm also a big fan of uh, Anthony Ro- Tony Robbins, you know? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. People rip on those guys, these, uh, you know, Zig Ziglar and some of these self uh, Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill. People will rip on these people. And it's like, well, what's the problem? Well, they, they're selling you this thing. Well, I bought Earl Nightingale's tape, uh, the mm-hmm. CD in 1985. Right. I only bought once. It, it's not like he's, it's not like he's selling it to me. He, yeah. I exactly. did buy. Yeah. It's, but he's, he didn't exactly make a billion dollars on me, okay? Um, they're not selling me. And the truth is, I don't, I don't believe everything Tony Robbins says. There's some of the stuff he has in his books. I, I, I wouldn't violently disagree with it, but it's like, nah, there's other ways to do that too. True. Um, but it's this idea that, like this little, my, my two numbers goal setting thing I just shared mm-hmm. with you, right? Every day I spend time going over my, those two key goals of mine every day, every single day I spend, do I spend three hours on it? No, I might no. spend 12 seconds. I mean, yeah. 12 seconds might be an exaggeration. <laughs> well, you still but, revisit them. You still look at them a little there, bit. Yeah. Now you're on it. Now you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Every day you revisit, you right. revisit your waistline measurement. You revisit your body weight. You revisit, if you're going to walk 10,000 steps a day, 
Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything magical about 10,000 or 12,000 steps. I don't. Yeah. But at the end of a week, you've averaged 1,000 steps a day and your goal is 10. Well, I'm going to, one of my jobs as your coach, your advisor, your, your friend is to say, well, let's make the goal instead of 10,000, let's make it 1,100 steps a day. Start baby steps, right? Baby steps. Because, yeah. and, and what the problem most people have is they don't have, they don't have the middle. They have the <laughs> true about everything. Yeah, rock bottom, sky high, exceptional failure. We're very binary, right, about these judgments sometimes. This is exactly that's it. Exactly right there. Yeah, there's you know, uh, it's true, false, black, white. Yeah, and I hate to say it, but pass fail, and that's a real mistake mm-hmm. because, and and, and I really appreciated mm-hmm. through the years. It's gotten much better. There's a a woman online named Lee Peel, L-E-I-G-H-P-E-E-L-E. And she would put up these pictures in the beginning. And I, and I kept her originals because she, she had really ugly swimsuits for her women who were at 30% body fat. Right. And then later she came back and I, and I hope, and, and she had basically the same swimsuit for women at 5%, 10%, 15%, 20%. It was, it was, I don't know if she did it on purpose, but, but but there's this thing that I have yet never in my life been on a beach, elbowed a friend of mine and said to me and said to him, Hey man, look at her. I bet you she weighs 137 pounds. I've never done that one time. Nobody looks at me and goes, Oh God damn, John looking good. I bet she weighs 219.5. You know, I bet you he weighs 99 K. No, no one cares. And the, the problem is, it's your journey. And for me, um, you know, it, it, there, are, there are some things I'd like to say are lines in the sand for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be interesting to see what it would take for me to get on heroin. Right. Yeah. What you'd have to go through to get there. Yeah, I have I don't, I, I'm just sitting here thinking, how far would I have to go to start snorting meth or doing heroin. Mm-hmm. Now, I know this sounds crazy to our, our our gentle listeners right now, but to me that's so doing heroin is just so far out of if you were to say that if you were to sit down and say three years from now you'll be doing heroin every day, my first response, you know, you went to the future and came back. My first response <laughs> yeah. is, boy, I am there's something coming up, man. And I would actually prepare myself to work around it. Yeah. Um we all have that line in the sand but the problem with fitness and the problem with even uh body composition is there's this little bit of nudging that goes on Mm -hmm. over time your line in the sand might be i'll never wear anything bigger than size 32 pants got it and then you come back from a vacation you can't fit them on and you drop Mm -hmm. yourself down but then pretty soon you say, I won't wear, these don't look right on me. And you go to 34. And what happens with most people, I think, is it'd be interesting to have your 16-year-old self talk with your 32-year-old self <laughs> and your 64-year-old self. Okay. That'll be a show for me. You know, for one thing, I think my 16-year-old self would be like, wait, you make you make money talking about weightlifting? Come on, really? Yeah. You make let's understand this. You make money talking about weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, I do. Wow. That is so cool. He'd be I think little 16-year-old Danny John would be very happy about something. You know, I want to stay with that. I know that I had a different line of questioning. I, I'm really keen on exploring what you're about to say, but I want to stick with that for a second, if you, if that's okay. Yeah. Um 16-year-old Dan would be, would be proud. And honestly, coach, in my conversation with a lot of people, that statement is is not a certainty. I don't know if everyone I know could just say, my younger me would be proud of who I am now. Maybe oh, yeah. it would be, but they might not say it with this confidence. So I just want to say this, right? You're a prolific writer. A lot of, you know, and you've, you've lifted in a time where there were meathead lifters and they're athletes and they're the intellectuals. There was a distinction earlier, right? Mm-hmm. But you combine those things. You write prolifically, you read extensively, and you lift. 
Could I just get a bit of insight into just your earliest memories as a person and what influences made you this kind of person? Who lifts and reads? You, you, right? I got to tell you, uh, this actually might be a good course or conversation. So I just came out with a new course on my site called Game Changers. And it's going to be, a, it's part one of probably three, it could be 10 of those moments in my life that everything changed. After I did this, everything changed. And some of them are pretty simple. Like a, I like to have chains on the bars when I lift. And a company came up with this idea of putting chains with collars on so they fit on the bar. Nice. Okay. Oh my God. I, it, I'm a game changer. I was like, my God, this is the smartest thing ever. Uh, for me, Olympic lifting, game changer. Um, you know, I guess in a way, being the youngest of six, I'm the youngest of six kids and my family's military. So when I was growing up, you know, the boys would be coming home from the Vietnam War, uh, disabled, broken. And uh, my dad was a, a, a reader. He loved sports and reading. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm guessing, I guess I was lucky because the environment I was in was reading and sports. So it, that was just normal. But I can remember when I first looked at strength and health magazines and I, and I saw the emphasis on looking good, feeling good, moving well, um, you know, having an intellectual approach, you know, you know, w- looking for things, looking for things that were holding you back, uh, being intuitive, being insightful, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that, I, I guess the nice thing about growing up in the sixties for as crazy as it was, is we did have a strength and health magazine and mm-hmm. there was, they, they made getting stronger and competing against the Soviets, a noble thing. And, uh, I went to Catholic schools and they really pushed great. Uh, I was in the great books program the whole time. And, you know, you, we were, we were, it was demanded of us to, to question our insights about a book and to question what the author was doing. Mm. Um, one of my favorite assignments of all time. Uh, so we read Swiss family Robinson and Robinson Crusoe back to back. Yeah. Kind of a fun combination. Well, who are the five people would you take on an island with you? So it was a total of five people. And well, you had to be real careful because you know you'd want to say your mom. Yeah. You know, but your mom might not know how to make a fire out of coconut wood or you know, so you'd yeah. you'd probably want someone with some medical training. You'd probably want somebody with uh Oh, a carpenter, somebody who's really good with tools. Yeah. Somebody was really, yeah, somebody who's really good at survival stuff. True. Maybe a really top end fisherman if it's on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a hot chick, a really, really hot chick for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, you have to think, I mean, I didn't say it at the time, but now I look back and it's like, damn. And of course, her beauty, <laughs> her beauty might fade after a few days if she doesn't, you know, uh, know how to uh, with her weight in hunting. Yeah, <laughs> if she's not out there pulling, you know, uh, clams and mollusks off the wall or or whatever seaweed or whatever you know, whatever fishing or whatever the hell it is, you know, um, <laughs> my drive, my dwindle. <laughs> yeah, so you know, you when you when you're when you're raised like that, and and I got to tell you, it, what also helped is I've always been drawn. Certain books really drew have drawn me in, you know. Um, Back behind here, I've got the sword and the stone. There's oh, okay. a sword and the stone, and there's my sword and the stone coffee mug. And nice. the sword and the stone, you know, T.H. White's book is is all about learning. And of course, the great book I have uh, over there, I have uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. And the Count of Monte Cristo is a love story to learning. I mean, the section when he's in prison and and learns from the mm-hmm. crazy from his the, the crazy convict next to him, the priest. Um, heck, even Beaujest, a book I loved as a child, you know, it's all about learning. I mean, so I think I was lucky that, you know, my imagination was also tempered by the importance of learning. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, here I am, you know, um, I'm still, you know, I'm still a professor and I'm still teaching students. And one of the things that kind of bothers me about some of my students um, at the one school, they cheat, they copy and paste things. 
but they don't, some of them just want the degree. They want the piece of paper, but they don't want the toolkit the, the, you know, and the word passion comes from the root to suffer. And I think if you truly have a passion for what we do in strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. you're going to suffer. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have, you're not going to be well paid. You're going to struggle. Um, so yeah, so, um, so you, you better be getting something out of being a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. Cause it ain't the money. Can't be it's the money. not the schedule. It, it better be this love of what you do. And I, and I can't imagine any other way of getting there except for learning. I think so. And it's so valuable what you said. And I've spoken to trainers passionate about the work. So even the person who you know put me in touch with you, the nation was the first episode I did, uh, first interview I ever did. And this is the person who took me from, you know, back rehab to deadlifting a hundred kilos in six months. And, with genuine belief and you know, I had spinal surgeons tell me I can't walk and he had me deadlifting and, and he looks up to you a lot. Um, and what he said to me was, I, I said, why do you do what you do? In India, especially, you know, your clients are difficult. They might not pay on time. They wonder why you're so expensive. And he said, because I want to reduce pain. I wanted to, I, I can't give people things. No one can give people anything. I can take pain away. Like people can give themselves what they want. And I thought that was so powerful, right? Um, I like that people in your profession who do it in a committed way have a mission beyond just personal interest and, and returns. Yeah. But this is what I want to ask you. You know, this is really your gift. Your, the content you put out, your podcast, you've adapted to digital technology so well. Um, if someone doesn't lift currently, if someone doesn't do it, first, two-part question, sorry. Um, one is, should someone lift? Um, because people say, you know, pick what you enjoy, I personally don't think so. I think you should lift and then pick something else you also enjoy. Yeah, okay, and, I like that. You know, and the second thing I think is um, who should lift? Okay, so should you lift? I would argue uh, the way things are on the planet now, yes. Mm-hmm. Because uh, most of us don't have, uh, there, there's no place. So uh, humans, do best with what's called power laws. So intense and then long and easy. And that's why my oh. most popular training program, it's called Easy Strength for Fat Loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, very simply, you would do a, let me just give you a very broad one, okay? Um, you do two sets of five in a press, two sets of five in a pull, uh, two sets of five in a, a, a deadlift, but put, you know, put, a, put the bar up on block. So it's just, you know, uh, do one set of 10 in the ab wheel and then go for a walk. Nice. That's it. <laughs> That's it. There you go. There you go. You, you know, just push a pull, a hinge, an ab thing, go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, it is remarkable what the results people are having on this because but, but what, what's happening with a lot of people who are doing this is they're not getting beat up. You know, they're not getting knocked down, you know, boom, 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 boom. They're working with their body. They're training hard. They're getting stronger. That's why it's called easy strength. You get a little stronger. Oh, it might take you 20 workouts. That might be a month. That might be two months. But the load goes up. Okay. In three months, you're lifting more and more. We're just going to nudge the load up. And then the walk. While I'm lifting weights, I'm freeing up free fatty acid. While I'm walking, the free fatty acids are being consumed. Mm-hmm. At the end of a few weeks, you you look at me and go, well, that's the weirdest thing. I've lost like eight or nine pounds and I haven't done anything. <laughs> yeah, I know you haven't done it. And, and I know. but And, oh, I feel really good, but I really, I really feel like I should do something harder. So you lost 10 pounds, you feel good, and now you want to break something. Yeah, because that's how we are as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really, I would say, my humble opinion, uh, I would say yes. Uh, I think everyone should lift. Mm-hmm. I also think everyone should go for walks after they lift. After, okay. Okay. And I think that's really, really crucial. That's 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 that would be a that would be a big one for me. Yeah. Okay. Could you tell me a bit more, just a bit more about that, about why the walk is important after you lift? Yeah, I got this from Rusty Moore. Rusty is this really bright guy from Seattle, uh, Washington. And uh, he was uh, one of the real first people to do well on the internet in body composition. 
And his focus, and it's interesting because a lot of his information comes from the book Pavel and I wrote together, Easy Strength. Yeah. Um, and so he discovered that by having his fat loss clients lift heavier, but don't not not don't go for the burn, don't try to hurt yourself, mm-hmm. but lift, try to go heavier and heavier and heavier, and then go for a walk. That their dreams came true. They right. look better. They look better in clothes, but they also look better naked. Uh, which I guess is a big issue. And they also become a lot more valuable because, you know, as we always joke in my field, strong people are worth a lot more because they move, move shit, you know? Um, it's science won't catch up to this concept for a long time. It's kind of like eating kimchi or fermented foods. Mm-hmm. The research, the, the empirical, the, ex, the experience of those of us doing it, it's like, yeah. This is night and day. It's like, well, it's like increasing sleep. Yeah. Uh, if I work with a fat loss client, uh, I always tell them that there's just going to be these weird twin engines going on at the same time. I want you to sleep more so you can sleep more. Mm-hmm. If you feel good, you sleep good. If you move good, you sleep good. True. If you sleep good, you lose body fat easier. Yeah. Body fat just falls off. Once you start sleeping, you know, my my magic wand for for fat loss is sleep twelve hours a day. Um, right. Okay. Well, the well, thing is, well, first off, the hormone regulation would do miracles for a lot of people. Number two, nobody eats while they're sleeping. <laughs> and the third thing is, um, if 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 well. But but if we can get you to lift some weights and go for a walk and increase Mm -hmm. your sleep, then those things synergistically work together. Uh, I work with a group of chiropractors up up near Portland, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was the thing. That was the number one thing they told me they learned from my workshop: not loaded carries, not goblet squats, not hip thrust. Sleep for fat loss. Here's the thing: Mm -hmm. maybe one of the listeners is going, "I try to sleep, but I toss and turn all night." Why? Why? Well, because my shoulders hurt, my knees hurt, my ankles hurt, 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 hurt. So you don't feel good. No, I don't feel good. Mm. You don't move good. No, I don't move good. Mm. Do you look good? No, I don't look good. Ah, so how are we going to turn? So we got to turn all three of those around. Yeah. Where do you start? Well, well, as always, you, you, how about this? How about you pick two numbers? I don't know. And write down every idea you can. Uh, maybe, maybe for somebody, I'm going to go to bed every night at nine o'clock and that's not a bad, that's not a bad start, Mm -hmm. but to go to bed at nine o'clock, you know, you're going to have to not watch TV up to eight 59. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to like one of the big secrets I have, it's secrets like buy low, sell high. I mean, there's no secret here (laughs) because I have another, another thing up here. There you are right there. I have two podcasts today mm-hmm. right there. And so what I do is uh, every night before I go to bed, about an hour before I go to bed, I write down everything I have to do the next day. Nice. Here's the Simple funny thing. Yeah. Sometimes it'll say email. It'll say email Fred. And I'll be like, why am I putting that off till tomorrow? So I email Fred at seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Now I can just, now I have one less item on my. It takes five minutes just to get it done, right? Uh, buy buy wedding present for Taylor and Nicole. Well, why do I do that? You know, go to Bed Bath and Beyond and you know buy them some soap or whatever they want. You know, whatever mm-hmm. they registered for. You know, um, once you start thinking the way I st- the way I do things, things get it just it, everything is. Your brain space is freed up so that you can focus on the important things in life. Because you're taking away decision fatigue, right? I think people don't realize that um, decisions take time and energy, which is, and also once you get tired, I think your brain defaults to the more comfortable option. And that's why we don't do things. That's why, honestly, I don't do many things. Which brings me again to what you just said about those two goals. I think you just put it quite simply, uh, which is why I was a little intimidated by a podcast as well. Uh, I think you pass off a lot of, Seemingly incredible things as casual. And I'm thinking, geez, uh, this is a bit hectic. But the point you made, so there's two things you do. And my audience, and and me for that matter, 
you know, battle overwhelm a lot. You want to go from zero to 100, but you won't start with going to 10. So when you pick two goals, there are a bunch of other goals you haven't picked. That's point one. But the other one is you've picked goals which mean you have to do a lot of other things automatically. Everything is automatic. Exactly. So how do you decide what well, easy. to do? Okay, that's easy. So I've got two words I use. I use them too much. Mm-hmm. The first is shark habits. And it comes from Rob Wolf. It's a shark. How do you say shark in your native language? Um, put me on the spot there, but thanks for that. Um, I think I should know this. One moment. Um, I'm going to go with Hindi as my native language. Hindi, and, uh, uh Okay, this is bizarre. Google's not stood up for me as well. It just tells me that shark is shark. Um, but we're okay too. Unless the native language is critical, we could... Proceed in uh, English because most of my audience speaks English. So, well, no, I no, I just want to know so I can write it down. Oh, okay, uh, let me tell you then. So, Russian is Akula, Tiburon, Hai, Hai Fish. It's Sora Chepa, which is S O R A C E P A. Sora Chepa. S O R A C E P A. So, Chepa is fish in Telugu, which is where I'm from in the south of India, and Sora, I'm guessing, has some allusion to shark. Sora Sipche. Sora, Sora Chepa. Sora Chepa. Sora Chepa. These are Sora Chepa habits, okay? <laughs> One bite and they're gone. And so, for example, uh, I found this, this shirt. Uh, I've got two different shirts I wear. This one, I bought 18 of them because that's all they had in North America in my size. I liked how it looked on me, so I bought 18 of them. Another one is the V-neck uh, that you'll see. It's a Calvin Klein one. Yeah, And I discovered those on a little site called Amazon, and I bought 15 pairs of them. I never, ever think about what I'm going to wear. If you email me and say, will you come to my wedding, I'll answer either yes or no. Yeah. I have first-hand experience of your responses. So I and what is it? Yeah, it was just, uh, I, I, I spoke to you once. You said, yes, I'll do it. Let's speak on Tuesday. I called you on Tuesday. You said, I'll do it. How much time do you need? I said, an hour would be great. And you said, okay. And I said, can I tell you a bit more? You said, no, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's great. Shark habit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Anything that is either or, like a light switch, okay? So yeah. I'm going to turn. So here's my light switch for my uh, computer. Okay, ready? Off, on, mm-hmm. yes, no. So anything that demands a either or or a yes, no from me, I make the decision and I'm done. Hmm. I never say maybe. I love that. Never say maybe. Okay. And my good, the, I would say if I do have a mentor in my entrepreneurial stuff, his name is uh, Derek Sivers, S-I-D. Yes, I, saw, I saw the post about the books he'd sent you on Instagram, yeah. Derek Sivers, yes. Well, his one of his books is titled, Hell yeah or no. Mm-hmm. And that to me is Shark Habits 101. In fact, I pro- as I was reading the book, I, it was funny when I read that book, the whole time I was like, I know all this. I do all this. Okay, the second thing is called a pirate map. And this comes from, uh, well, Pat Flynn and Josh Hillis. But the t- term comes from Pat. Most people just want simple directions. Mm-hmm. So a pirate map, go to St. John's Island, find the white coconut tree, take seven paces to the west, dig down, and there's a buried Trevor, treasure. So on the back of my computer here, I, I have a little list. Mm-hmm. One, before I go to bed at night, I do my to-do list for the following morning. Right. The following day. And then I make coffee because I like to wake up to the smell of coffee. Okay. Uh, I also take my supplements at night too. So, okay. Um, number two, let me make sure I got this right because it, it, this one's. Yeah, I already know. So, number two, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is meditate. Uh, mm-hmm. I, in fact, this is. Do you know Ayurvedic tradition? Ayurvedic. I do. I do. I mean, I'm off the origin. I not as well as I should, but I, I'm familiar with it. Yes. I, yeah, Vita, I got a good piece of. I got a good piece of advice from an Ayurvedic doctor who said if you fall asleep during meditation, it means that you're too tired. Okay. Sleep and meditation aren't the same thing. So I meditate after I sleep. 
So every day I do, a, I start my day off with a 15-minute meditation. Here's the funny thing. I don't set my alarm. I, I set my alarm clock one day a week, and that's for Tuesdays because I have Pat. Uh, I, I have a podcast every week with Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. But I'm always up way before the alarm clock. I wake up. I slide on. I got this little mask like this that's got Bluetooth earphones. And then I, I put on brain.fm, and I do a 15-minute guided meditation every day. My goal every day is to eat at least eight different vegetables. Just so you know, I took care of that in my breakfast. I started my day. I've already had. How do you manage that? I eat chunky vegetable soup Mm -hmm. with kimchi. So I heat the soup up. I put the kimchi on top. The kimchi cools the soup down and I eat. So I think there's 13 or 14 vegetables in the, in the vegetable soup I eat. Right. And then kimchi. And then after that, if I'm still hungry, which I usually am, then I eat that protein oatmeal with all the, and then in the oatmeal, I also have, um, chia seeds, hemp seeds, and, uh, red flax seeds, because this bag I buy at the store has all three of them combined. How much thinking have I done so far today? Not heaps, not heaps, because you have a routine. And I, that's why I thought about that video, you know, that schedule, that routine. Ritual. ritual. That's the word. Ritual. Yes. And um, I don't eat until I've worked out. Mm-hmm. So I get up. I do my meditation. I do my. I answer my emails. If I'm writing, mm-hmm. I write. At nine thirty, people from all wor- over the world show up. Three days a week, I Olympic lift. Two days a week with them, I do mobility work. On the weekends and Saturday, I do sprints. Uh, I do either hill sprints or backward running because of my my different injuries. Mm-hmm. And then I go for a long walk on Sunday. And that's, and then after that, I eat this kimchi vegetable soup and then oatmeal if I'm still hungry. And then dinner is reasonable. And, uh, and the afternoons are always wide open, always wide open to either do podcasts yes, or to coach mm-hmm. or to go visit friends or to read and sometimes when i'm reading i take so many notes that i type it into an article and i'm done with that which i'm going to ask you a question now you, you mentioned the rituals and I, i'm still amazed by how you make these things sound seamless which which they are if you do them long enough but i'm glad we're doing this virtually because i do think i risk having something thrown at me otherwise that sounds uniform that sounds consistent but what if i get bored have you heard people say that to you I'd get no excitement well, if I had that much. You know, Adarsh, I'll just say this. I spend, on a typical year, I spend a month in Ireland. Mm-hmm. On a typical year, I spend a month in England teaching at St. Mary's. Yes. In a typical year, I go to, I'm, I love American college football. I go to six, seven, eight, nine, ten American football games. Mm-hmm. None of that's boring. Yeah. Um. I have a really extensive social life. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to be boring? Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you rather be with me? In fact, I just got a nice email from the Galway City uh, Harriers track team mm-hmm. to come out and visit and hang out with them when I go there next time. Incredible. Is, when, when I was in, I don't know how well you know uh, movies and stuff, but have you ever heard of Jamie Dornan? I have, yes. Okay, well, I was at a wedding in Belfast, and uh, we were hanging out together. Is that kind of cool? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Um, I have... And that's the thing, right? What Everything else you do with your health allows you to do that. Now, if you were, you know, on, on a respirator, I mean, God bless everyone who isn't struggling, but if that was your situation, uh, then Jamie Dornan is not doing tequilas with you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're busy recovering. Yeah. So what you have to understand is, what, what do you want to tell me that's boring? Yeah. You know, I know people who will look at what I eat and say, oh, God, I couldn't do that every day. And I'll be like, you know what? I've seen what you do. And I couldn't do that either. Mm-hmm. You eat crap food three times a day. You moan consistently because you can't find a pair of pants that fits you. You've clearly gotten obese. Uh, you're, you're miserable, but I'm boring because I eat vegetable soup for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. I. <sighs> That's so valuable. 
it is a it is a tough life lesson. It's like for one of the things uh, you know when I tell people I'm trying to double the size of my business, it's like I've actually had people say, "Well, don't you make enough money already?" And I'm like, "Well, you missed the whole point." It's not about that, is it anymore? It's how many people can I serve? Right. Yeah. Um. The the more people mm. I serve, the the more I get rewarded. And I'm not just talking about getting rewarded at you know transactional ways. Yeah. I'm talking about being rewarded as. I mean. I mean, I don't want to pat myself in the back too much this week, but if you saw my Instagram post mm-hmm. just a few minutes back, you, you know, see that I won a pretty prestigious award. Yeah. Well, the more people I serve, the more I receive back. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing new about it, um, but the, you know, it, it is the great selfish thing about being a giver is that givers receive more than they give. But it's just like, I, I was just, in fact, I was just on a, a Skype call just before you came up, we talked with one of the people I work with and uh, this person, uh, God bless him. I, I, I have to remind this person almost every time. Mm-hmm. First, you put in some paper and some kindling and light a match. Then you add the logs. And then a little bit later, you get the heat. But you to, you don't just walk up to a fireplace and say, "Give me heat." <laughs> you first have to put in the paper, mm-hmm. the kindling. You have to light the match. You have to let it grow. Then you put the logs, and then pretty soon the house is so hot you take your sweater off. True, that's True. the order. Break into a process. Action that you the thing is, you know, this interview presents a bit of a challenge to me. Because every single thing you say feels like it could be an episode or a separate book on its own. Well, aren't we going to uh, meet again? I'd love that if you're. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, that's that's really kind. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you, coach. You know, I know you're a performance uh, coach. You've you've created so many materials to get people to lift better. You have videos on how you can do a full body workout, and people should check this out with just a kettlebell. Figuring out just you know if that's all you've got, that's what you do. <laughs> Um, that's all you got yeah that's the thing <laughs> you know if you stuck me in the middle of someplace else and say dan i don't care where you stick me if you give me a job i'll figure a way to do it yeah to the best of my ability and this is what i want to ask you right so there are some people and for whatever reason they don't have the external contact they, they're stuck in their heads they're stuck in a rut and i just think anyone i speak to i had a friend who called me a few years ago and does really well for himself, works in a bank, said he wasn't happy with things, his marriage, his kids, his job. And I just said, get the personal trainer. And in three months, if you have any of these problems, we'll, I'll figure this out and we'll at least talk, if nothing else. We can get a therapist. Three months later, coach, he says, yeah, I'm fine. I said, what changed? He says, nothing. I just feel better. <laughs> so, you know, what yeah. is your message to such people who are stuck and just don't know where to start? Yeah, that's, you know... I mean, first off, I, I would like to say I have empathy for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to say, you know, and, and I certainly don't want to say pick yourself up and, you know. Suck it up and get on with it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to yeah, say that because it's not true. But the, the thing I've constantly noticed is one resource that might help is if you go to BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G, mm-hmm. BJ Fogg, he has a thing called tiny habits. Yeah. And when I work with somebody who's struggling, uh, it, Adarsh, it's going to sound like much, but the first month I work with you, I want you to drink two glasses of water a day. Okay. I call you up because I have to call you up. Every night I call you up when we, it's, we agree to a time, let's say 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And the joke is always bring, 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 because the person's drinking the second glass of water. <laughs> <laughs> right right you you need to do what fog uh tells us it's got to be tiny habits mm-hmm. but here's the thing once you start doing that like uh, i don't know if um this this uh, what you'll see is when you when you look at my checklists oh this isn't a good one that's more uh, th- this isn't bad this one's not bad 
when when you see that on my daily thing, you'll see that I've gone back and crossed out a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Because I've already done it. You know, I, I don't, I must have already ripped the one sheet out. That was a mistake. Um, Could you talk us through a couple of the little things that you've crossed off just to give the... Yeah, sure. Uh, well, okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, sauna more. Contact National Olympic Lifting. Already did. Um, uh, oh, okay. Here's a great one. Okay. So I'm trying to sauna more often as part of my recovery. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, have a, I have a sauna right there in my house. Okay. Oh, great. And I have a, I had a speaker in there and the speaker wasn't working up onto my, uh, Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. So it says right here, get speaker to work. I wrote that down. I looked up and guess what I said to myself? Uh-huh. Why don't you do that right now? So I probably, it took a few minutes because they weren't talking. My, my iPhone and the speaker were not having a conversation, but I, I got around to it. it. It took a few tries, but now my sauna speaker works. So when I'm in the sauna, I can actually, now I listen to either podcasts or I listen to just relaxing music and uh, sauna, N nothing too fancy. Yeah. But what happened is I wrote it down and went, I can do this right now. Uh, I've got a weightlifting meet down in Phoenix, uh, Arizona in, mm -hmm. in about two months. And I wrote down PHX. That's the, the Phoenix. Short for Phoenix, yeah. And then I looked at it and said, well, so I just wrote down PHX. So mm -hmm. let's let's look at what I did, okay? It's right mm -hmm. underneath the Sora Chepa, okay? So I wrote the letters <laughs> PX, PHX down like that, okay? Uh-huh. And then I went, huh. I went online and I registered for the meet. I asked the, the person, where what are hotels close? The person sent me some hotel information. I got Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, uh, hotel reservations. I'm waiting on the, for the new year before I get, uh, flights, because this is a terrible time to buy flights. Uh, the sure. first of the year is better, but in about, honestly, if it took me seven or eight minutes, I'd be surprised to get all that done. Yeah. But it but just now on the list for so long, right? If you just let it be. Yeah. So what begins to happen is you start to get, it almost starts to bother you to see these obvious ones sitting there in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like this one here, it says just diet drinks at night. So if I'm going to drink after dinner, anything, it's either going to be water. Mm -hmm. uh, last night it was diet Sprite. I had some diet Sprite last night. Boy, am I living in the crazy. Zone, huh? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that that's a simple idea, right? I, and all of a sudden, you as you flip through these, you're like, nothing here is crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing a, uh, when the new year comes around, uh, Mike Brown, Mike Warren Brown and I, we're going to do Rusty Moore's fat loss boost again. Uh, okay. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it just to, because I really want to get my weight. I would like to get my weight down hard and fast for the weightlifting meet so i have five or six or seven weeks to kind of get used to it down there make sense yeah so <laughs> i decided that you know i have to eat i'm going to eat three chicken thighs a day all the vegetables i want in salads and soups so i found the soup online which is 120 calories per serving the serving's a good size so i bought two cases of it once you find some networks, just double down. You don't have double to down. breaking it. I'm very conscious of time, Coach. Um, do you have a couple of minutes? I have a couple of minutes. Yeah, I do. I mean, just hold on. But, Let me just see what this... That's all right, because if you don't, I completely understand. Um, okay, yeah, I, I have a couple of minutes, and then I have to go deal with something, but go ahead. Absolutely. No, one thing I want to talk to you about, you talked about rules, about systems, about baby steps, consistency. It's, it's, you know, it's the whole package there. And I think you've packed that into the way you do your Instagram. What I've realized is your Instagram, your website, your writing, you don't seem like a person who rushes a lot. Um, just the way you've had this conversation with me, you've been so present. You know, you're not constantly flitting about uh, wondering, geez, there's so much going on, but you get a lot done. And I just want to understand you know, you've built a community, you, you've built all this content. Uh, what is your advice to someone trying to do that? You know, there's so many people who want to be content creators. You're, you're a trainer, right? Sure. I, I would start with the basics first. Uh, 
on YouTube now they have Earl Nightingale's Lead the Field. It's mm -hmm. 12 it's 12 parts. Um I have well, let me let me just show you my notes. I mean, um uh, these are so oops, sorry about that. Sorry about all the noise. Um so okay, here is the one on oh, okay. Um this one is on Acres of Diamonds. Oh gosh. And I wrote it along. I wrote this so long ago I can't read it because the print is too small. So I have to get my glasses out to read it. But okay. those are my notes on that oh, one right. video. Uh on let me show you another one. Um Yeah, for the listeners, I'm actually looking at handwritten notes. Um uh, mm -hmm. That coach written down. So, so with these, like these, you can actually see that I wrote notes and then rewrote notes on top of the notes on lead the field. Got it. So some of your listeners are going to listen to lead the field and go, I already know this. I already know this. I'm going to be sitting right next to you listening, taking notes, listening to again, taking notes on my notes, and then listening again and taking notes on my notes on my notes. Mm -hmm. And then last night when I was driving over to my daughter's house, I was listening to uh, the CD Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale. Um, you can also, this is a great book. This is Giant Steps, Anthony Robbins. It's a uh, one reading a day book. Okay. Which is just great. And it summarizes his best work. Um, yeah, it's going to take you 365 days to go through that book. But mm -hmm. if you actually read a chapter, think about what he said, and, and then try to do something about it, in 365 days, you'll be a different person. If you try my um, two goals idea, the two goal, the the two number goals, you know, if you if you pick good goals, you'll be so enthusiastic about it. I mean, it just happens after a while, you know. Yeah, yeah, just happens. Pick your goals, set course, double down, and it just happens. Sure. I like your phrase "double down." I, I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yours. You can do. Maybe you can do dance double down as a separate program. Yeah. <laughs> it alliterates too, so that makes it even more valuable. Yeah. Always makes it better. Always makes it better. Um, I am conscious of time, so thank you so much for being on. Um, I really let's do it again next again. month, okay? I'd love that. Oh, you just made my day. I, I'd love that. Thank you. Yeah, and then uh, you make sure you email me this, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, the the link and I'll put it in my wandering weights and uh, let's build up your following here okay oh thank you so much yeah uh, I mean it was a great chat honestly ha having had this conversation even if I didn't have that I think I'd be better for it but thank you for thinking of that absolutely and uh, stay in touch and I mean that okay I will I will thank you so much hey, thank you okay take care well said the is bananas b-a-n-a oh, oh hi there sorry I didn't notice you'd uh finish the episode you were listening to i hope you enjoyed that conversation with dan what stuck out to me throughout that chat was the way dan simplifies his approach to getting ahead and makes specific pointed assertions about how to do that through baby steps constantly and that's something we all could use i know i could take that into the rest of the year and see more progress than the years where i've worried myself silly about thinking what's next while forgetting what's right here I hope you got a few tools out of it, a few ideas. Listen to the episode again. Write to me if you have any questions. And if you're a repeat visitor, thanks for being here. If you're new here, thanks for coming here. We also have a newsletter that you can subscribe to on www.themaximumproject.com and an Instagram page at The Maximum Project. I will see you soon. Stay awesome. Stay kind. Stay inspired.